Sailor Moon, how nice of you to drop in. Welcome to my Megaverse. You're... you're Queen Beryl? Yes! And you remember Prince Darien? <gasps> Moon Podcast Escalation! My name is Jordan D. White. My name is Chris Sims, and this is Sailor Business. It's the podcast where we sit down to watch every episode of the classic 1992 Sailor Moon anime, and it's the end today of Sailor Moon. We're going to keep going through the other four seasons. I think. Yes. Three, four, four. four. R.S. What? Do, do we ever, did anybody what? ever know the T- real reason why they're Sailor called Moon these T- ridiculous things? No, it's R.S., Super S, and then Stars. Why R in the first place? I think people have told oh. me it stands for romance, but I'm like, so call it Sailor Moon Romance? I don't know. I don't get it. It doesn't make sense. Well, we we should ask our guest that, because our guest <laughs> knows a lot about Sailor Moon. Uh, so if she does not know this, we will probably cut all this out, because <laughs> nah. uh, I am putting her right on the spot. Uh, coming back to watch the final two episodes with us, Juliet Khan, uh, who was our very first guest on the show. Juliet, welcome back. It's good to be back. Do you have any idea why they call it Sailor Moon R? Sailor Moon S and Super S and Stars. I have always heard rumors that the R stands for romance, but I've never seen anything inclusive. It's always kind of seemed to me like something they made up after the fact. Yeah, that 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 seems that seems about right. Let me let me see if the internet has any guidance. No, they're just giving me like a summary of the whole thing. No, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it, it's people are saying it's either return or romance, but it just whatever. It's called R. <laughs> is the manga is the manga just called Sailor Moon all the way through? Yeah, um, I'm not actually sure. Oh god, because I I know part of it was published before and part of it was published concurrently. I don't remember if there's any like reputable history of how the manga arcs were uh, were split up. I think it was generally just called and like described in the magazines it was being published in as, you know, Bishosho Senshi Sailor Moon. Uh, but it might have retroactively had the titles appended to it. I'm not sure if it was happening at the time. Uh, I cannot give you a straight answer, unfortunately. Uh, well, if anyone knows, you can tweet at us at Sailor Business or, or send us a message somehow. But what matters is that we are getting ready to watch Sailor Moon episode number 46, Usagi's Eternal Wish, A Brand New Life. Spoiler! <laughs> For the events of the episode. If you watch it on Hulu, which you can, you can always watch these episodes on Hulu with us. They're all on there, and most of them I think we would highly recommend. Uh, (laughs) But if you watch it on there, you will literally see the final battle in the pre-episode teaser. Like you will literally, yeah, this is how it all ends. I turn into Princess Serenity. Yeah, I guess they just don't care about spoilers. They just don't. Yeah, it's so it's so weird. Like we've talked about it before with the episode titles, but like actually like going ahead and showing you <laughs> the end of the episode. That's weird. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, when 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 we when when people talk about trailers, uh, and they always go, the trailer shows too much. One of the things I always say is, well, because I've read about it, that they've done research and generally speaking with movies, the reason they do that is because people like knowing what they're getting into. They like going I have an idea of this movie in my head. I want to go watch that movie and have that idea confirmed and go, yep, 
that was what I wanted and that's what I saw. Well done, movie. That's a satisfying experience for a lot of people. So I guess maybe that they're doing the same thing. They're going, here, look, this is what this episode is going to be. You want to see Sailor Moon turn into the, the princess and then defeat Queen Beryl? That's what's going to happen. Okay, here we go. Well, I guess that is then look, you just spoiled it for everyone listening. So oh, like, I thought Sailor Moon oh, was geez. gonna die in this. Oh no. The next uh the next four seasons were gonna be about uh just the Negaverse taking over. Yep. I'm sure the Negaverse has a lot of good plans for Rini. <laughs> oh, the R stands for Rini. There we go. Oh, maybe so. <laughs> no. No. S- Sailor Moon C dash U in Japan, as it is now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh do you want to do some more Twitter questions? Yes, that's right. Uh, if anyone is curious about uh, Juliet and her history with Sailor Moon, go all the way back to episode two, where she first appeared, and listen to that. And if you want to hear about how her relationship with Sailor Moon has changed, uh, last week's episode will shed some light on that. So, Juliet, you are you, look you you are back. You've mm-hmm. we're in the groove. I've got my coffee. So let's just answer some uh, let's just answer some listener questions. AJ Scherer wants to know whose car is faster, Maxfield Stanton's or Haruka's? Ooh. That is a good question for Juliet because I don't like I don't know about Haruka yet. I never made uh, okay. it that far. I'm going to say Haruka's is faster, but Maxfield Stanton's is bigger, and that was a very purposeful choice. <laughs> good choice. Good good answer. I agree. On largely. his on his part. Yes. No. Yes. Yes. I think that's very accurate. White Dolomite wants to know if pork buns are sandwiches, are rice balls actually jelly donuts? Oh my god! <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why this is going to haunt me for all of my days. <laughs> all right. <laughs> here's, a, here's, a, here's a more realistic question. So how many people do we think Usagi has killed for her friends? Uh, says Aaron <laughs> Pendant. Uh, Andy Smith asked that, and he says, I'll put it at at least three. Uh, now, this, I think this is based on a, a conversation that we had during the Minako's Tragic Love episode. Yeah. <laughs> where we just talked about how... Yusagi is instantly ready to kill someone for her friend. <laughs> just immediately, like, yeah, yeah, don't don't worry, Minako. We're going to kill her for, for stealing your boyfriend. Let's do this. I am down. I do not. I don't. I don't that's, that's a tough one. I don't know. I, I, I would say zero, hopefully. I mean, if Joe the train... train, train oh, I can't say it. Joe? the crane game troll is still alive for that second episode then clearly they're not killing people that that wantonly he deserved it yeah if if, if joe is still alive and if if melvin made it <laughs> his relationship where, where he actually got a relationship with with naru then i think we know that uh that that was probably the first time that Usagi was ready to kill. Let's see. What else do we have here? Well, uh, Jonathan Chisholm asked what we think of all the outer senshi. Um, but I think we're going to, we'll get to that. Like, we don't want to get, we don't want to talk about them too, too much before we get there. Yeah, I mean, I, like, again, I've never made it to the outer senshi. I'm excited. Like, if you, if you are a, a longtime Sailor Moon fan, if you're Juliet listening to this show, <laughs> you have no new Sailor Scouts to encounter. I've got like five new Sailor Scouts to encounter. I'm excited about it. I mean, and I'm I'm legitimately jealous of you. And that's part of the charm of the show. I mean, a lot of times people do write in and are like, "Oh man, should I tell you the thing that you're puzzling over, or should you just wait and see it?" And I don't know. There's a, there's charms to both. All right, here we go. Describe magical girl transformation sequence for comic book superheroes slash villains that you like. Oh well, somebody actually did uh, animate a one for Captain America that was pretty great. Yes, yeah, like that was for fun. movie style Captain America. And did did we talk about Windblade on the show, the Transformer? I don't, 
think so. Well, I I have recently gotten into Transformers. If anyone follows my work at Comics Alliance, you'll know that I am working my way through IDW's Transformers series. And it's great, by the way. More Than Meets the Eye is literally the best comic coming out right now. <laughs> wow. And that includes one you're working on. But I'm... Yeah, no, like, Chad and I will readily admit... <laughs> Look, I think uh, Koblish, Koblish has the edge in the art, but as far as writing, James Roberts writes his way circles around me and uh, me and Chad. But there's a, a character called Windblade, and she was a fan-created Transformer. Like, they let the fans vote on her design, her, her coloring, her, you know, kind of storyline attributes, like where she was from, all that stuff. And they, you know, for one thing, fans overwhelmingly, when you give them the choice, vote for more female Transformers, which is nice because that's a, that's a weird... A uh, weirdly gender imbalanced line where the only female Transformer for so long was Arcee, who was apparently created as a weird experiment, like in the story. That's a topic for an entirely different time. Um, like Smurfette. Yeah, like Smurfette. <laughs> I, I always forget about Smurfette. Windblade showed up on the new, the current uh, Transformers animated series, which is called Robots in Disguise. And I don't know if it's aired in America yet, but apparently all the episodes were aired on like in other countries first. So they all hit like, you know, torrent sites and everything. And I I haven't seen it, but if you go on YouTube, you can actually watch just this little clip from it. When Windblade shows up, she has a full on Sailor Moon transformation sequence. <laughs> uh, she is a magical girl robot who turns into a plane, which is pretty great. <laughs> okay. I am sending it to you now over, over Skype. And like, it is not just a transformation sequence. It is clearly Sailor Moon inspired. Like she does the, when her airplane wings come out, it's Sailor Moon's angel wings coming out. Oh my god, it totally is. Oh wow, this yeah, look at that. That's hilarious. Uh, as for other like Western superheroes, gosh, I don't know. Like I would love like you remember when they introduced Superman's new costume and they were like, Yeah, you know, this is like Kryptonian armor. Like I wish he had a transformation sequence. I feel like I mean this thing is a lot of heroes are just wearing costumes. I mean, I, you know, I guess there's some of them that could do it. Like Iron Man could do it, obviously, because he's got all that, you know, iron armor coming into place thing. I mean, mm -hmm. if you like, you know, somebody who, who's like really skilled with like editing equipment could probably take one of the scenes from the movies and like, you know, throw in background effects and music and it would be a Sailor Moon thing. Although like a little less dancey, but you could probably cut it together. I guess Green Lantern could do it because he makes a lot of his clothes out of his mind, right? Yeah, that is true. Maybe Flash does it every time. We just don't see it because it's so fast. Oh, that would be good. Uh, Julia, <laughs> do you have any suggestions on a, uh, a super heroic transformation sequence? Uh, well, you know, in terms of, like, who would make the most sense, uh, Green Lantern was the first person who came to mind for me, too. I'm going to say... Oh, God. Actually, there's, like... There's a lot of people that jump to mind where it doesn't make any sense for them to have uh, anything like this, but uh, I'd, I'd really love to it anyway. Do you guys remember the original Young Justice comic? Like The one, that, you know, the cartoon wasn't actually based off of, you know, took the name. It was like early 2000s, I think. Peter David might have yeah, written it. Yeah, Peter David and Todd Nock. That was uh, late 90s, I believe. Yeah, 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 that's right. I was a little bit off. I really, really, really loved that incarnation of, uh, of Wonder Girl, and I really loved, uh, they had this one character, Secret, who was really cute and adorable and she had this like kind of smoky ghost construct power yeah, yeah. Um, this is this is a really like very specific character to go for but i liked her because she was sweet and cute and kind of usagish so uh i'm gonna go i'm gonna go with her as my deep cut reference and in terms of stuff happening now you know what I'd, I'd probably say 
I'd, I'd probably say the current Batgirl seems like the character that you know would most take to one, given that there is a Sailor Moon character in the background of every issue. And Deadpool is would totally really? do one. Deadpool would totally do one. Is there really oh. a Sailor Moon character in Batgirl? No, they. they I believe or they slip just, just like in. like ones in the background, like in in crowd scenes, not not you know seriously. She definitely. I, mean, like, I only plays... notice uh, Betty Felon in the background of every episode yes. or every issue of Batgirl. She is in that a lot. They yes. also play the Sailor V game video game i mean again they don't sp- yeah, explicitly right, say it but if you know you're like oh that's totally what that is uh i did when when i talked to babs tar at a uh, heroes con i did invite her on the show so hopefully she will be a future guest and we can talk about that along the same lines jordan how far are you in steven universe now oh not super much farther let's see what was the last one i watched i watched the lion one i think i've watched one past that the reason i ask is sailor moon background easter eggs oh really i, uh, I don't i haven't noticed any well, the, Stephen a, is a, Stephen is canonically a fan. He has the the first volume on his nightstand. Yes, oh. that's what I was gonna say. Also, there there are like uh, what's the what's the episode where he does? He doesn't have a transformation sequence, but he does the pose at the end. Oh my god! Oh, the one is it the one with um where where he has like the roses that come out really kind of around him and then yes, he like strikes yes. this. That was a an indirect I believe, where he learns he has healing powers and his mother had them too. They were tied to her tears, but his are tied to his spit. Oh, so you when spoiled he learns it. He does... he it for Jordan. Oh no, dude, I'm sorry. It's it's really really minor, but. Basically, he does this, you know, dramatic magical girl pose and this, you know, rose comes down and like twines around him and then he springs out of it. And it's this, you know, big like Sailor Moon fling off the magical, you know, clothing ribbons kind of moment. It's I really do like it a lot. And the song is amazing. Oh, wait till wait till season two. The theme song song, season two. Oh, no. No, it's the same theme song. It's just like slightly re it's it's a new uh arrangement of the okay. theme song. It's really right. good. Oh, you know which one I just watched was the one where uh, uh Garnet uh plays the video game all the time. Oh, that's a good one. Uh Ar- good. Arcade Madness or something like that. Yeah. It was it was super fun. It was super fun. It, uh, it's a, it's a really pleasant show. And the fact that it's so short is awesome because we can it's just a really slip it in. Pleasant show. I hope they put that on the DVD. They should. It's <laughs> it's it's biggest selling point. High pleasantry. And again, the fact that it's super short means we can just slip it into any time. Like it's just like, oh, we got 15 minutes. All right, let's just throw one on. Bam. Yeah. Uh, and so I got to say if anybody if anybody out there listening, I can't imagine but if anybody out there listening is, if you like Magical Girls, but for some reason you're not watching Steven Universe already, like, you should do that. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's all so right. good. Well, do we want to take any more or are we all set? Yeah, let's let's ask a couple more because this is the season finale. It so. is. Please pitch me your, well, I don't know, this doesn't, what does this even have to do with Sailor Moon? All right. Please pitch me your Katarina and Chun-Li female-led buddy cop comedy. Katarina? That's what it says. Oh, is 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 Katarina the cop from uh from the Minako's Tragic Love? Oh, maybe, maybe. Is that who that? Ah, uh, you might be right. Oh, I would, I would look. That's that's crossing continuities, and my ideal Chun Li buddy cop story has uh, her teaming up with Sakura, obviously. So yes, it's definitely who that's that's who, who Katarina is. I just looked it up. No, so Chun Li, of course. They both work for Interpol. So. Oh, that's why. Okay, okay. All right. Sorry. I guess. I guess. Uh, no was the answer. <laughs> How about this? Oh, what would Sailor Moon be like if Rob Liefeld wrote and drew the source material? Amazing. Oh, God. <laughs> the best. Yeah. You you are not going to find anyone in in the world of comics criticism more pro-Rob than me. I have, like... I love that. I'm I'm 33 and I love that dude. So what would it what would be different uh, aside well, from their Luna, anatomy? Luna would be a like a uh, like a space tiger, I think. Like a tiger or a tiger girl? 
both. Okay. <laughs> and when she backflip, like the like instead of the transformation pins, they would be transformation guns. Sure. And Except uh, not actually shaped like a real gun in any capacity. Yeah. Look. Look. They're they're gunish. <laughs> Everybody would have at least six knives at all times. So just you know, take like take those outfits, shorten the skirts even more so that they are just like pleated belts. Uh, God, okay. And then and then put knives on them, and it would be great. You you know what though? You would not have to make their legs any longer. That's true. <laughs> yeah. I feel like there's a lot of overlap between Naoko Takeuchi and Rob Liefeld. <laughs> Please direct your hate mail to at Sailor Business on Twitter. No, I get the I, I tend to check those. Please direct it at, at the ISB. <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay. Uh there would be a lot of uh jumping out of planes onto Dark Kingdom bases. <laughs> yes, they would do that. Yeah, that last episode would have been totally different. They would have flown over the Arctic in the scout plane that Luna, I guess, flies. And they would have all jumped out at once, gritting their teeth. And, uh, yeah, and then they would have, like, they would have just blown up, uh, just blown up Queen Barrel. Like, it would be much more efficient, I think. Now, here's a slightly different question about it. Uh, do you think a street-level Sailor Moon storyline could work? Not necessarily gritty, but fighting gangsters and robbers. Now, this, again, goes back to the thing we've talked about a few times of, does Sailor Moon actually fight crime? The answer, which is typically no, but do you think it would work if she did? I, I do not, Juliet. I don't I don't ever see it working that way to see like that's I think and again this is this is a a a very big generalization on my part but I do feel like anime and tokusatsu heroes they tend to be dedicated to one specific thing they tend to not necessarily be crime fighters they tend to be dedicated to stopping one particular organization or in Sailor Moon's case, one particular organization at a, at a time. You know, we've talked about this before where it's like the weird nature of storytelling is that like all the villains in Sailor Moon are traced back to the Dark Kingdom. They're all like monsters being sent for a specific purpose. As opposed to like Batman, where every month it's a new villain with a new, you know, plot to rob a bank or, or steal a car or whatever. You know, and it, it's the same way in Common Rider. It's the same way in Power Rangers. It's the same way in uh, across a lot of things. Like there are very rarely heroes that take that western style approach to having a rogues gallery uh generally in what i have seen from anime and tokusatsu i mean for one thing the monsters are either turned to dust as they are in sailor moon or thrown off a cliff to where they explode which is every episode of the original common rider that is common rider's signature move he kicks you and then throws you off a cliff and you explode <laughs> a lot of dead monsters at the bottom of that cliff the only um, the, actually the exception in sailor moon is the movies because again, the movies take place at weird times uh, uh, during the seasons and have nothing to do with the rest of the season. Yeah, the same way with the Tokusatsu shows. Like occasionally, you'll get like that's where a bigger villain will show up. Like when they do the the annual movies. I mean, I think it would be interesting to see Sailor Moon fighting different kinds of villains, but it would not work with the way that the the show is set up, you know, the way that the story is set up. So much of it is tied to her destiny, at least in this first season. Except, again, the beginning of that Fractious Friends episode seems to suggest that she will show up for a robbery. Well, it's a robbery being committed by a Dark Kingdom monster. But she can't, how can she know that? Because everybody else is in comas. (laughs) (laughs) People are really interested in crime these days. (laughs) No. I mean, I guess the way she could know that... Now that that I've said all this, I think the way she would know that would be 
Amy used her stupid computer to go. I feel I sense some dark energy. Do you mean her great computer? Yes. Is that what you mean? Her great okay. computer that senses dark energy. And Sailor Moon supposedly heard that and then snuck in or something, as they said in the episode. But I don't know. That's just super weird. It's just super weird because I feel like they should. I mean, does that mean that if a crime happened in front of Sailor Moon, she'd be like, not my problem? No, I mean, I think, like, I'm sure she would save someone if they were in danger in front of her. Uh, except in the Zoysite episode. Uh, yeah, I guess you're right. Well, some Sailor Moon <laughs> saves a person. <laughs> Sailor Moon just sits there and goes, oh, no, those people are falling to their death. That's unfortunate. <laughs> Is that what she says? Yes, sure. That's unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> oh well uh so we've still got a couple more but we could probably stop i think what do you think we'll save these for next time are they yes or no's can we rapid fire them or are they going to require discussion in your great comics knowledge has a cape ever deflected a blade attack of any kind <laughs> yes yes i guess yes. batman right but he has like a Batman's cape, cape is right? weighted yeah yes whereas tuxedo mask shouldn't though right no tuxedo mask is like he rented that from a formal wear store so <laughs> so yeah if you if you have a, a crime fighting cape then yeah it can deflect a blade uh but as we have established they are not crime fighters so yeah, well, right here here's one uh thomas uh Urquhart says how has your day been also what should i draw for the podcast oh gosh uh, my day's been all right i've mostly been talking to jordan and juliet about sailor moon all day <laughs> <laughs> And what should he draw for the podcast? Um, well, how have your days been? Oh, good. I've been having a nice day. Uh, I had a Subway sandwich. <laughs> I thought you said you're having a nice day. Oh, wow. There goes our sponsorship. <laughs> uh, Julia? Pretty much same old, same old. All right. Well, there we go. Okay. Uh, as for what to draw, I don't know. Draw a more, draw a more interesting death for, for Minako than we saw in the last episode. That's what I would like to see. That's what I want to see, too. Oh wow, poor poor Minako. Or or draw Sailor Moon uh, watching crimes happen and not caring. <laughs> Either one of those I think is acceptable. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Well, let's get to the final episode of Sailor Moon. Yeah, let's do it. Chris, do you have anything you want to summarize for us or uh, do we have to, do we have like 5 seconds? Do you mean hours or do we have like 10 seconds? 10 seconds. All right, we can do 10 seconds. Yeah, On your mark. I just need like 5 seconds. Five or one, ten. One second. One second. With one second. Just All a right. real quick one second. On your mark. Get okay. set. Go. Okay. Sailor Moon's friends have all died. <laughs> and now she's going into a hole in a glacier to fight Queen Barrel. I lost I lost count. I'm sorry. That was like half a second. I got like half a second left. Okay. Okay. Then you can finish. She's, she's a cancer. Her blood type's O. She's 14. <laughs> good, good, good thing you got that in there. Well, in case we need to give her a transfusion, right? Yeah. All the scouts died in... Uh, I wrote down the order. If you want to uh, make sure you're eating your M&Ms in the proper order, Karen Healy style. Jupiter, Mercury, Venus, Mars, and now Sailor Moon is alone going into the Dark Kingdom's headquarters, which is at point D in the Arctic. And a tuxedo mask came out of the microwave. What color? He's back to, he's a hot pocket again. Tuxedo mask is brown, I guess, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I think that was the, I think that was the rule. I was, I was trying to figure out, like, I was like, uh, I mean, he's kind of pale, Jordan, actually. But, <laughs> no, but I mean. <laughs> no, tuxedo mask was the brown M&M. Uh, yeah, I think so. I think so. So it goes green. He was represented by the brown M&M. Green, blue, yellow, red. And orange. Then... Green, blue, orange. Oh, right. Red. Right. Brown. Yes. And then I guess the yellow ones are Sailor Moon. And you so never, you never eat, eat the yellow no. ones. <laughs> oh, you eat them last. All right. Let's do this. Let's do this. 
The episode right, starts. This is episode 46, Usagi's Eternal Wish. Brand new life. <laughs> All my friends have died. I'm gonna kill Queen Beryl. So yeah, it starts with her basically doing the same thing she did at the end of the last episode, thinking about her friends and going, "I'm gonna. I didn't want to do this, but I'm gonna do this because you guys died, and I, and it means you you mean so much to me that I'm gonna go fight to the death. Here we go." Queen Barrel opens the show, swirling the energy in her crystal ball and going full Danzig, telling uh, Sailor Moon, I'm going to show you what hell is. And then she uh, immediately kills her and the episode's over. Yeah. Now, that's not what happens, but it might as well have, because what she does is she zaps her with some shit, which just teleports her inside the base so they could fight. And I I went, considering how wholly unprepared for that Sailor Moon was. She should have just killed her just there. It's a weird comedy <laughs> fall right. at the beginning yeah. of this episode. <laughs> like, she just, she's like, what? And, like, it could have annihilated her. She could have gone, oh, well, while I've got her, I'll just drop her in a volcano, like a real volcano with lava at the bottom. Like, Sailor Moon might as well be dead, but she's not, thankfully. Oh, one thing I didn't mention uh, that happened in the teaser for the episode is that instead of saying, I'm Sailor Moon and in the name of the moon, I'll punish you, right. she actually does refer to herself as Princess Serenity. She says, I'm Princess Serenity, and, and she, in the name of the moon, I'll, I'll seal you away. Yes. Which, again, that's what happens at the end of the episode. Spoiler! <laughs> so she drops uh, she drops Sailor Moon in, because you know why? She, she's not interested in killing her. She's interested in making her jealous. Uh, she drops her into the, the Dark Kingdom and turns on half a light, <laughs> exposing half of Sailor, uh, uh, Sailor, Queen Beryl's body, and she's like, hey, uh, here, I'm here to be evil. You might notice that my hand is in shadow. Can you guess what's happening? Because what is happening is, secretly, that is where, no, I was going to say Tuxedo Mask, but actually Prince Endymion is on his knees kissing her hand. Memory Chiba, a.k.a. Darian Shields, a.k.a. Tuxedo Mask, a.k.a. Prince Endymion, <laughs> a.k.a. Moonlight Knight. No, not, no. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. <laughs> a.k.a. future Prince Endymion. <laughs> King Endymion in the future, I guess. King Endymion, I guess, yeah. Yes. He, the, 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 Reef on there on his knees, kissing her hand. And, it, like, less kissing her hand and more just, like, lips stuck to her hand, frozen as a statue. Like, he's not actively kissing. He's just, mmm, pressed, and that's it. Yeah, look, that's, that's how Queen Beryl likes her men. Uh, and then she <laughs> says, hey, do me a favor, kill her. And he goes, all right, whips out his giant sword and tries to cut her to pieces chop up the moon pudding (laughs) slice the pudding uh now sailor moon does the sensible thing immediately moon healing escalation heal she goes no you're not gonna be able to heal him i brainwashed him so hard he will not heal he's got queen metallia's dark energy in him now so he cannot be moon healed no and also she's still inexperienced as a princess which is like what that's okay whatever again they they treat being a princess as a skill (laughs) Which I think yeah, it's, it's a, look, being a princess is a skill. It involves dancing. <laughs> it involves skiing. It involves uh, tiara throwing. Tiara throwing. <laughs> All the things that we have seen that they've used to identify the moon princess. Those are princess skills. So skiing, frisbee, <laughs> and and dancing. That's it. So he knocks the uh, moon stick out of her hand, and then he hits her with what I like to call his electros. Because oh, that's good. Yeah, that's good. (laughs) Black rose that hits her and then wraps vines around her, grows a bunch of rose heads, and then electrocutes her. Pretty cool. 
throwing the black rose on her is an awesome shot, by the way. Because it's also because normally he does the really hard rose throw that like hurts things and smashes things. But it's just this real weird casual like floof. The rose is just like flinging like like a real rose would do, not like a weapon. It's like he's throwing it on her grave. Oh, it's awesome. well put. It's the it's also the most badass attack he's like ever done in the history of the show. And unfortunately, he does it on his girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's weird. It's weird the skills he keeps and does not keep from this time. <laughs> so yeah, like that would be a nice one to use on monsters next year. Nope, nope, not going to happen. Nope, nope, nope. So she's electrocuting. He's electrocuting her. She's like trying. She's like having memories of all him calling her names. (laughs) Right. The the romance for the ages. (laughs) It is. Uh, And then he comes over to. uh, Oh, first kick her. He just walks over and gives her a swift kick. Which is yeah, pretty surely, brutal. Surely that was cut out of the Deke version. Oh, that of is course. Like, it's always so weird whenever we see, like, actual violence in this show. Because the violence in this show is all, like, like you said, it's throwing roses really hard. Or shooting, you know, sparkles out of a moonstick. But, like, there are a couple episodes where people, like, get punched or kicked. And it's just like, yeah. <laughs> like, that's, <laughs> that's really violent. Yeah, yeah. No, they definitely cut him kicking his girlfriend while she's down. Uh, which is nice. That they took that out. Uh, then he picks her up by the neck and is strangling her. His, by the way, his fingers I fit around her neck. Down. I wrote this down. It's like he's holding a soda can. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. His fingers go all the way around her neck. <laughs> How thin is her neck? Very thin. There's or no he has really big hands. Could support a head that large. <laughs> <laughs> so he's holding her up by the neck ostensibly choking her and electrocuting her i guess because there's a weird electricity effect happening giving her crazy looks and then queen barrel's like that's enough so then he throws her on the ground again very violent and then she goes cool now cut off her head and he's like all right here we go <laughs> can do walks <laughs> over with his giant sword ready to chop her head off now julia this is a, a conversation that we've had with past guests uh i don't know if you've i don't know if you've kept up with the show since you've been on but we we've had a kind of ongoing question how far does the Endymion, the brainwashed Endymion, Queen Barrel relationship go? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I like to imagine that she just sort of keeps him attractively posed, you know, around her, uh, in her vicinity. You know, she's like, oh, Endymion, go, uh, go sit, go like recline, you know, uh, about a yard away from me so I can just sort of look over and enjoy you when I want. But I don't think that uh, it goes much beyond beyond that. I think I think he's basically a, a finely made vase to her. Endymion, could you get those files? No, no, no. The one's in the bottom drawer. <laughs> okay. okay, but for real, yeah, pretty much. It's interesting because it, it's that was something I actually started to notice when I was rereading, uh, reading the manga and you know rewatching the anime. Um, particularly the manga though. Takeuchi loves, 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 loves having her like evil queen characters brainwash a uh, tuxedo mask. And and you know having and, and intimating some kind of romance there. There there are forever you know calling him out and being like, oh Usagi, wait until you see my secret weapon. And then he comes from the shadows, and you know his eyes are hazed over, and you know she she'll make him you know kiss kiss her, and then like kiss her brooch or something. Um, actually the final villain Sailor Moon makes him kiss her boots actually. Nice. Um, and and I'm it, it's one of those things where the longer you read it, it's like reading a. Uh, I love Adam Warren, but it's kind of like reading Empowered, where you're like, you know a lot about the creator's private life. 
by the time you're done with it. Yeah, no, she, he's a, uh, he's, he's brainwashed and in peril many times throughout the series, but I don't think that, that he's ever really more than a very attractive face to uh, the various people he's enslaved to. Do you think that Tuxedo Mask's greatest weakness is being brainwashed or being crystalled in the back? <laughs> I'm going to say I'm going to say uh, brainwashed actually because the crystalling happens less and less as the series goes on. Okay, cuz cuz spoiler warning, he's about to get crystalled in the back again. <laughs> <laughs> so he raises his sword up above his head. It's worth noting the the look on his face as he's about to chop her head off. <laughs> he's totally into it. Like he's not conflicted. He's just like, yep, I'm content. <laughs> this is my life. I'm about to chop a girl's head off. And Sailor Moon, her first move is sadly, and I, because, and this is, I kind of wish they had even gotten into it more. She, she pulls out her kill move. She pulls out her Moon Tiara magic very quickly and tiaras him in the chest. Now, <laughs> if this were slightly less of a children's show, I imagine a version of this where huge amounts of blood are. <laughs> Spraying out of his <laughs> chest as the moon tiara burrows its way through him. Um, that's not quite what happens. But it does hit him real hard. Uh, it, and it does seem to be like grinding away at him for quite some time before he falls over. Yeah, and it, it just hangs in midair, which means it's just like spinning against his chest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is why, like I said, in my mind, I'm going, it's showering the whole room in blood. Um, but that's not what happen. So you think it's like a buzzsaw? <laughs> oh, yes, exactly. I'm ex I'm expecting a buzzsaw. Um, he does not get dusted, though, uh, like, uh, like most monsters do. And in fact, he doesn't even die at all. Uh, which is, again, that's why I kind of wish they had hammered it a little harder, that it's like, oh, she, she went the distance and went, I have no choice but to kill the guy I love. And then he still didn't even die. And she's like, nope, it's going to take more than that to defeat him. He gets back up and he's about to chop her head off again. Now he's even like going crazy. And that's when she chooses to pull out the moon locket. Yeah. Like since this buzzsaw blade can't stop him, she's just going to sit there and he's going, what about jewelry? <laughs> it's pretty crazy. So she, he pulls out the locket or she pulls out the locket. It's playing the theme song. And she's like, <laughs> it, which I love, like that happens all the time. And it is my favorite thing when there is an object in the show that will play the theme song of the show. It's, it's my fave. Like, I love that the Power Rangers watches play the theme as their ringtone. Yep. I love it. I, I love it every time it happens. And she's just like, this was our locket. Don't you remember? I don't want to fight you. Like, we love each other. I love you. Everything's beautiful. Please, 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 please. He reaches out, he touches the locket, and somehow touching the locket showers him in energy and enables him to be transformed back into the Darien Shields we all know and love. Uh, I would like to note that the animation uh, of him being, you know, purified by the locket, uh, you know, and, and the sort of shimmering overtaking him and him becoming this silhouette and like hanging in midair and then, you know, he collapses is frame for frame recycled in uh, Sailor Moon R the movie. Oh, that's great. Yeah. No, I, I didn't realize it until I was watching it last night. And I find it strange because I understand, you know, animation recycling happens. But, you know, it's 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 a pivotal moment that is then rehashed in one of the movies. And, uh, well, I guess I can't say it now, but it is a it is a funny coincidence between two characters that you will get when you see it. But okay. also just surprisingly, weirdly, uh, not lazy because I get, you know, that it happens. But it was it was a bit of a funny coincidence that maybe somebody else out there has noticed. I was proud of myself for catching it. <laughs> We're gonna we're gonna get a lot of recycled animation before this episode's over. Aww. That's true. BT dubs. Aww. 
they go into a weird uh, dream sequence or like mind sequence where we, we, we flash back to, you know, great moments in their relationship history, including her sticking his, her tongue out at him, which is pretty great. And then we, we get this weird scene where a uh, young, young uh, Darian or young uh, Mamoru, I should say, waking up right after his parents accident going, who am I? And somehow she's yeah, he, like immediately going like, oh, I can't remember anything. I'm all alone. <laughs> like, immediately understanding the metaphysical <laughs> repercussions of uh, amnesia. His parents were philosophers. They don't mention that. No. <laughs> and somehow she's there with him and she's like, no, you're not alone. I'm here. And then all of a sudden he's adult age. And he's like, what? You're here with me? Yeah. And you're like, yeah, well, you know, it's going to be nice. <laughs> and this has restored him to his good guy status he throws down the sword and he collapses he's weak from it all you know you know who doesn't like this this uh happy reuniting is uh queen beryl who's just sitting by watching he and she, she's nice she lets them have a minute for themselves yeah, she, she, she gives him a little she gives him a little bit <laughs> but then she goes you're gonna pay for this she creates a giant zoisite style crystal spike raises it it's high over her huge, head it's huge hilarious it's so big <laughs> It's huge, yeah. No, it's like you know a, 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 a fence post. Like it's enormous. Yeah, it's massive. And massive she, fence she post. chucks it at them, and he, in return, chucks back a rose. The rose splits the crystal into a zillion shards. He tackles Sailor Moon to the ground and takes the shards to the back, while his rose embeds itself into Queen Beryl's boobs, and, and they start like. <laughs> Which start cracking, <laughs> yes. as does her dress. Yeah. Uh, well, because she's a crystal, right? She's made out of barrel, I guess. Is that? I don't know. Uh, yeah! Sure, why not? <laughs> Evil rocks. Evil rocks. Her rock person facade starts breaking apart, so she sinks into the ground uh, and escapes. Watching this again this morning, for a minute, I honestly thought, I was like, wait, is that how Queen Barrel dies? Well, here's <laughs> the I've thing. Seen, like, I've seen this episode before multiple times, and I was like, does Queen Pearl just, like, go into the floor? <laughs> the answer is, though, kind of yes. Kind of? Yes. That, it's, yeah. He That's kind of the biggest victory he's ever gotten, because he basically just defeated Queen Barrel. Because there is, but what about the rest of the episode? Well, you'll see. <laughs> yeah, we've, look, we've got 14 minutes left. <laughs> but that's basically the end. Uh, oh, so then I'm sure you love this part where he's dying and uh, he says... Go back to being a normal girl and find yourself a cool boyfriend. <laughs> and she says, nobody's cooler than you, Mamoru. Listen, Mochoki doesn't really like Ashi Rice. <laughs> <laughs> also, he's not into middle school girls. So, yeah, <laughs> you're going to have a rough one on that one. <laughs> oh, and then he dies. Here's the thing. Oh, so glad that we don't have to go through three more seasons of that guy. Oh, God. So glad we are done with him forever. You mean four more. And, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll tell you, again, I talked about crying when uh, Sailor Mars died. I did not cry in this episode. Uh, well, that's only half true. I did not cry at this episode. I did tear up a little bit at the end of the Deke episode, but only a little bit. We'll get, we'll get to that part. Okay, we'll get to it. I get. I did not. I'm not crying all during these episodes because you are heartless. I understand. I am so easy to make <laughs> cry. I am the. I am the softest touch in the world. But no, these these episodes did uh did not get me to weep. That's fine. That's fine. With okay. the death of a uh, tuxedo mask, I do like how we get a flashback when tuxedo mask dies. It, I I will say I do feel like this half of the episode is uh 
is a little superior to the the other half because so much of it is about Usagi and Memru's relationship and how they've been together and they've been adversaries and they've you know th- like their their relationship has been very interesting and evolved in a very interesting way which you know I make fun of Memru because he sucks real bad <laughs> no. But- <laughs> But also, like, I do kind of like the way that it's like, you know, oh, you know, she's got a crush on him and he's got feelings for her. But then, like, in their secret identities, they're adversaries or they're allies, but then they're adversaries and then they're they're allies again and they're adversaries again for completely different reasons. Like, I really like the way it changes. So I do feel like the emotional impact of this part, because it's not doing it four times and it has a lot of room to breathe. And like the first time you see it, you're like, oh, shit, is Tuxedo Mask dead? Wait, like, wait, wait. You you mean this episode is better than last episode? I thought you I meant did, like, for I a second I thought you meant the first better. half of this episode was better than the second half of this episode. You're no, saying this I whole episode that, is better. I mean episode 46 is structured in a more engaging way than episode 45. Oh, no. That is I like what I'm 45 way better. Nice. I, mean, oh, I have to agree with Chris. I I think I think <sighs> it just has a lot more momentum. Okay. I like the scouts a whole lot more than I like Tuxedo Mask. <laughs> but I think the structure of the episode is better here. Barrel goes into the floor and she's she comes she, out. Yeah, she's basically dying. She's like, I, you know what? Like, this is going to be it. And she goes to Metallia and says, Metallia, you have to give me the power. But then again, this gets to the whole weirdness of Queen Metallia and what is she and what is going on? Because then what happens is, yes, the power goes from Queen Metallia to Queen Barrel. Does that mean that they're the same person now? Does that mean this is now Queen Metallia and not Queen Barrel? I don't know. I, in my notes, I, I, I called her Super Queen Barrel. Sure, yeah. <laughs> but does that mean Queen Metallia is just a power-up that could talk? <laughs> Effectively. I mean, like, you know, she's talked up a lot, you know, in, in the manga and the anime. It's like, oh, she's like the, the power behind it all. But really, effectively, like, functionally in the story, she is just a power-up that can talk. All right. I mean, it's a little weird. Or, like I said, or they become like a combined entity and she's not really Queen Barrel anymore. Which is also possible, but whatever. Well, I, I mean, you know, we, we've talked about this and, you know, Julia, you're, you're a bigger fan of the manga than I am, but like, I feel like Queen Metallia is completely vestigial to the plot. Like there is no need for Queen Metallia at all. Like you there, can- There really isn't. Like, I mean, I, I remember really clearly being like 10 and buying the little like floppies that Mix or Tokyo Pop or whatever it was at that point was putting out. And I was like, oh man, Queen Metallia is going to be a big deal. They keep name dropping her. And like, you know, every time she's depicted in the manga, man, maybe she's just that sort of weird cloud with a kind of face sometimes. And I'm like, oh, okay, this is going to be big. This is going to be big. Barrel's going to go down and then Metallia's going to take the stage. But she doesn't really. And no. ultimately I agree. I don't, I don't think she was totally necessary. It's like, she's just sort of this, like entity of malice and that's bad but like she never really takes the stage i mean like okay we see here she she you know kind of imbues barrel with her power but really like she could have totally just been done away with it could have just been like barrel is bad the story and uh, yeah. and i would have been okay with that I, yeah they cut her it was, it was a little bit disappointing they cut her out of the deke entirely like she it's just queen barrel i mean there's no reason again they've been building up energy all this time there's no reason that couldn't have just been the energy well and she's yeah, like, exactly. I, I have to use all the energy in order to beat her. So I'll just take the, the full energy. And then she does that. You know what I mean? It's- yeah, it, exactly. That is that is exactly what I think what I think it is. So meanwhile, Usagi is uh, is lying on top of her dead boyfriend's body. <laughs> Why not? Why not? And she's like, I do like that at this point, uh, Queen Barrel says, give me the power to kill that despicable girl. Yes. 
Yes. Yeah. So Yusagi's about to kiss her dead boyfriend. And then she goes, no, I'm not going to kiss you. I can't kiss you because all my dead friends are not allowed to kiss the boys that they like. So it would be wrong of me to kiss your dead body <laughs> for that reason. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a really weird, weird scene. <laughs> I have no idea what that's about. I mean, like, that's super weird. It's a, it's a, it's a gesture of solidarity. I mean, kind of an empty one, but it means something to her. So then she gets up and she goes, "I'm gonna go do the real fight. Uh, you watch me do my best." So she goes outside, Queen Barrel. Well, then, then we get to see the new Queen Barrel, and again, she. Kind of looks like Queen Beryl. She's got different colors. She's player two Queen Beryl. Yeah, what she looks like. Well, <laughs> but her costume is a little different too, right? Like, yeah, it's a uh, it's like deeper cut. It doesn't have as many little accoutrements. She's lost her crazy tiara, but she does have the shoulder spikes, which I always like. Yeah, it's just it's just like slightly different costume and a slightly different look. She still has the shoulder spikes, but she doesn't have the ear spikes anymore. Oh, uh, yeah. Then, then it's worthless. <laughs> then it's worthless. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, do we cut back to the cat? I do thing? like that she comes out of a that she essentially comes out of a flower. Yeah, she comes out of a rose, which I think is really cool. Yes, yes, that is true. Like her, like her evil transformation sequence, not as good as Misha and Janelin, but still pretty good. <laughs> still pretty cool. So Super Queen Barrel shows up, and Super Super Queen Barrel in her red dress. So now you know it's serious. <laughs> is going to start fighting Sailor Moon out in the tundra. They have gone outside. We get some more determined walking, which is always nice. I do like the the little scale shot where you see how big Super Queen Barrel is. Oh, yeah, she's enormous. Yeah, yeah she's huge. And also... Like, okay. Godzilla size. And also, the, I love the shot of Sailor Moon walking because, yes, she does the determined walking, but they have the background stuff moving so quickly that it looks like she's like absurd how fast she must be walking like she's doing a regular pace walk but everything is going like right by her also queen barrel has enormous hands yeah it's because she's gonna fight you with them <laughs> look at go look at jim Apero's batman sometime huge hands huge hands for fighting queen barrel throws out some energy which is a thing she will be doing in a curiously similar way a couple times in this episode uh one of those big ice towers forms and when the, the smoke clears, uh, Sailor Moon is no more, and the moon pudding has arrived. <laughs> Meanwhile, back in Juban, all the lights the are events, going out. The events at point D in the Arctic are causing a blackout in a neighborhood of Tokyo. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess that means the lights are going out for the whole world. It, it has to mean this is happening worldwide. <laughs> yeah. Although there is literally like a swirling... Thing of energy directly over Juvan. Yeah. No. So I kind of think it's not. I kind of think it's people like if you were looking at like if you're like watching the news, you'd be like, yeah, there's like some weird meteorological disturbances in the Arctic and in this one area of Tokyo. So the cats are having a talk and what a, a frantic talk because Luna is like, we got to get to them, and Artemis is like, no, we can't. And Luna's Luna like, says, out of my way, I'm going to point D. Yes. Well, and she's like, we have to go because if we don't go and tell Usagi not to, she will use the ultimate battle ender from the crystal, just like her mother did. And then she will die, too. And we have to go and stop her. Now, I don't know what their alternate idea was, but it doesn't matter because they can't do it anyway. They just know there's a good chance she's going to die. Yeah. So that's sad. Uh, whereas I think in the in the dig dub, it, th they're not talking about that at all. They're just going, oh, man, I hope she's up for it because she's got to save the world. 
Yeah. Artemis, by the way, is like, look, I know she's going to die, but, you know, that's the only way to do it. Yeah. That's, so, how, that's what it's got to be. Get that, Artemis. <laughs> come back to, come back to, I mean, and again, she's enormous. She's Godzilla fighting uh, against a tiny little teenage girl. And they're like, all right, let's just uh, start blasting each other. What do you say? <laughs> and they do. They just do the shoot energy at each other and, to, and it makes contact in the middle and it's pushing back and forth. And who's more strong? Stronger is also the way to, to put that. Don't know what you're talking about. This is an important point because this is where in the Deke dub they use the song Carry On, which is awesome. Do you remember this song? Anybody but me? I do not. I, I love that, that song. Yeah, it's a great song. Uh, the lyrics are, um, Here I'm standing in the night, My crescent wand, the only light, Alone against my darkest fear, But I know my friends are here. From each the power I need, The evil queen we will defeat. That's very specific to <laughs> these events. Yeah, you know, it's, not, it's not a relatable song, <laughs> particularly. <laughs> the chorus, though, is Give me the strength to carry on With all our love we we can't be wrong or something like that. So that's a little bit more generic, more pop now, songy. Now, Jordan, we're recording this a couple of weeks in advance. You have time to learn this song. I, I'm going to try. I'm going to try to do it. The end of this episode, if I'm awesome, then carry on will be at the end. And if not, then I'm lame. That's my pledge. Okay. Well, we, we will We will find out, won't we? <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> I did it last time, so hopefully I can do it again. So they in, have, the, in the Japanese version, they just play the theme song again. Yes, they literally play the theme song. Absolutely. Uh, so, you know, the same thing. It's the, the, the traditional thing of, uh, oh, we're both so powerful, but uh, it's, who's going to win? Who's going to win? She thinks about the Sailor Scouts to get strength. And uh, what's funny is in, this, this is another difference between the Japanese version and the Deke. In the Japanese version, she literally is just remembering moments of just to, that she talked to them. She's thinking about Amy talking about studying. She's thinking about Ray being like, mind your own business. I'm not going to smooch jirichiro and she's thinking about makoto being like i don't care if that guy has a girlfriend i'm gonna go for it and then, she thinks about minako and then thinks about something else she thinks about minako in this specific uh terrible minako flashback episode whereas in the deep version she thinks the about thing them that I wrote in my notes oh yeah what the thing that i wrote in my notes is minako is three pieces of white bread trying to be a sandwich oh <laughs> that just she's means that someday so... she's gonna be a club sandwich yeah look look <laughs> Minako is great. Once they find the meat, they just got to find the meat. I want Minako to be good. Like she's really good in the uh, the episode where everybody gets sick. Yeah, with uh, Chibiusa. That's a great one that we're going to be watching in like fifteen weeks or whatever. But like, ugh, all right, rough in this one. She's going to get better. She's going to get better. But in the Deke version, instead of just remembering, they're all talking about wanting to help her. There, Amy's like, you gotta let us help her, help you, Sailor Moon. And, and Mars is like, yeah, stop being a jerk and saying we're not supposed to help you because we're gonna help you. Like, you know, and so it's all like that. Yes, stupid. <laughs> Don't be a dipshit. Uh, <laughs> and then we get the awesome big moment of the episode. Chris, you want to describe the big moment of the episode? Oh, I love this. This it's is the best. this is it. This is Sailor Moon. This is what Sailor Moon is all about. All of the scouts, all the senshi's spirits, their ghosts, their their forms show up and put their hands on Usagi's shoulders and lend her their power, and Usagi blasts out energy powered by all of the power of friendship that she shares with those other four girls and explodes Queen Beryl with it. It's true. Now, now, if you... When is this going up? Three weeks? <laughs> Just keep reading X-Men 92. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> oh, now I'm say. excited. <laughs> yeah 
But all of that is true, yeah. And uh, and it just overwhelms like, Queen Beryl. She can't handle it. The only thing that's wrong with this is that, like, I feel like once you have done this, you can never top it. What's great this is, is, like, the biggest thing in Sailor Moon. I love the animation of Queen Beryl dying, too, because it's like the the friendship energy ball has flown towards her and, like, blasting her to atoms, like, as it goes across her. So, like, first her hands are, are like, charred and then blasted apart and then her arms, like, it, like, slowly destroys her. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, like, the animation is fucking awesome. I love it. It's so great. I, like, I, I cannot articulate, like, what this scene like meant to me at like nine or 10 it it blew my mind in a way that it had never totally been blown before i remember really clearly like sitting down and watching it and and knowing you know it was gonna be like the big you know end of the arc episode and everything but like it left me like 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 shattered with how great it was like the music and the animation and it was just so cool and like you know and and really theatrical you know like like she you know is at at the top of her like big spire of ice and you know she's in her like fancy arc dress and and the ghosts of her friends come back and i remember i i didn't see it for years and years and years after that and i'm not really actually somebody who cries at, at movies and tv and shows like that but i was like 16 years later and i just found it on youtube you know this is when youtube didn't have everything and i was like oh wow i haven't seen this in like six years and i immediately burst in tears at that shot of like her holding the moonstick and like all of her friends like hands you know coming out of the ether to hold you know part of it too and then the shot of them all doing it oh my god it like it, it blew my mind and and it was exciting because i'd never seen i mean i loved i really like superheroes at this point and i like a lot of action cartoons but i'd never seen one that was just really cool and like totally like ridiculous and over the top the way a scene like that should be with like all female characters it was usually you know like the hero boy and his girlfriend maybe that was like the best you were gonna hope for and this was just like totally the power of friendship times five against the bad guy and even the bad guy was kind of a cool bad lady it was just it was really exciting and it wasn't like i didn't feel pandered to the way i did with a lot of girls entertainment which felt very like okay here's the message here's the message we're gonna impart to you this was just like oh we're just gonna go all out and we're gonna be really cool about it like we're gonna give you the like awesome like episode only song we're gonna have like the giant ball of light that disintegrates the bad guy like it's gonna be you know people's eyes opening dramatically are gonna be synced to like the opening riff it was it was a big deal this is still probably my single favorite moment of the entire anime and i really like a lot of the other like big final battles i think something that's interesting about sailor moon and I'm, I'm i'm interested to see how you guys feel about it when you get to these points is that there's no other final battle that works exactly like this like exactly like oh we got to fight the bad guy with like an especially big attack it's everything is like a, a slight variation on that I, I maybe they knew that they weren't going to be able to top this, but yeah, I totally love this moment. This is this is my total favorite. Maybe like Sailor Moon, anything. So good. It it and it is it. I mean, and that's the thing is, if Sailor Moon had never gone on, I, I mean, I love the rest of the shows, but if Sailor Moon had never gone on, this would have been a great series finale. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like it's like like I said, it's hard to top this. Which you know, obviously. So it goes on for quite a while, but man, like four people die and then come back from the dead and then Sailor Moon hits Queen Barrel so hard that A, she dies. <laughs> well, that's a it's, good question. Do you think the Sailor scouts Moon really come hits, back? Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. I, think, I don't know I, I, because I, I'm, I'm, I'm of two minds about that. On some level, sure. But on the other level, I, I sort of go, whether they are or not, it doesn't matter. It, 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 what matters is that they mean so much to her and they really could just be her going 
these are my friends and they mean everything to me. And the fact that I know them gives me the strength, whether or not their 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 spirits are, are, are literally here. Well, one thing that we know about the cosmology of Sailor Moon and how it, it kind of works is that their spirits are eternal. That's true. So I feel like, yes, their physical form. I feel like they, they really died. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. They really die in episode 45. Definitely. And then their spirits come back because the, that bond is so strong and that, like, it is so important that they need to come back. And Sailor Moon brings them back. And then she hits Beryl so hard that she dies herself. Which is hitting well, someone very hard, uh, and then it's visible from space. <laughs> she dies. I don't think she dies because she hits her sword. I think again, it's it's the ultimate attack of the silver crystal kills. Yeah, it it drains her. Yeah. Like it, like she hits her with literally everything that she and four other people have. Yes, which you know that is that powerful, and that that it is visible from space, and that it destroys this evil. Dark Kingdom doesn't come back. <laughs> the Dark Kingdom is done. At this point, as far as I know, anyway, so we'll see what happens at Sailor Moon. Another story, I guess. So, yeah, the attack builds and builds. It envelops everything. It envelops Usagi. It envelops Tuxedo Mask. It envelops each of the scouts in turn as they are get all of get, Finland. Apparently, probably, probably. <laughs> it's uh, a pretty big chunk of real estate glowing purple. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, you could see it from space. You could see it from the moon. Cut to the next morning. Uh, when everything is okay, uh, the sunspots all went away, the volcano stopped erupting, the everything bad stopped happening. And, much to kind of the surprise of everyone, uh, Usagi wakes up in her bed and she's late for school. What does it say? Does the Deke Dub have a version of the speech that she gives about how, you know, about being a normal girl and eating crepes and looking at dresses and windows and how that's what she wants? Like, no. that's the thing she's going to really miss? No, because again, in the Deke Dub, it does not ostensibly say that they die. It does not literally say that they die. They are not dead at the end of the Deke episode. The end of the Deke episode, the same thing happens of them. Now, what we're about to say is, yeah, all the scouts are back, but they don't remember anything about it. They don't remember being scouts. They don't remember being each other's friends. They don't remember any of that. So at the end of the Deke episode, they just kind of go, oh, it worked. But in the process, they lost their memories of what happened. Like, that's it. Like, it doesn't go into it. It doesn't say they were reborn. Nothing like that. It just goes, they lost their memory. So what happens is that Usagi has an eternal wish for a brand new life. That's the last thing that happens in this episode. <laughs> I don't understand quite how that works. I don't either. And I have a lot of questions about it. Because Luna and Artemis kind of put the happy spin on it. Because Luna and Artemis are like, oh, well, you know, they don't remember each other. But they can be friends again. Like, now they don't have to be friends. Now they have the option to be friends. Yeah, once they meet like, up again, they'll they'll become friends again. Which is interesting. But also, it's like, what does Naru think? Is it like, is, yes. is Naru going to be like, how how many people lose their memories? Right. Because right. is Naru going to be like, hey, aren't you hanging out with Amy today? Like, aren't you hanging out with Amy? With Ina and Amy who? Like Amy, that brain school reject. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. I don't know. You know. We see like they recycle the footage from the first episode right. of Isagi, you know, doing badly on a test and bonking Memory with it. And then, like, shouldn't Naru be like, yeah, that's, that's Memoru. You know, that guy that is always kind of bugging you that you like. Because, like, because, not- because we know that some things stayed the same because Melvin and her are still going to have their, their relationship. So and, like, something when Amy happened. walks by after acing the practice exam, like, Usagi gives her a mean look. <laughs> because she like, did so well and Usagi did so well. Yeah. But it's, 
like it really makes me wonder like how is this supposed to work like does it does it just is it like a like a one more day situation where everybody like you know nobody like like, it all just fits yeah i mean i think i think the real thing is what i said i think it's that and, and, and correct me if i'm wrong maybe i'm totally off base but my guess would be when they planned it they were just like well you know this might be it and if this is it that's it. Like they, that what happens is they're never Sailor Moon again. They're fine. They're normal kids and everything's good. The end of the surely, series forever. Surely they knew. By like, the time it Sailor aired, was successful. by the time it aired, definitely. Because in fact, there's a preview for season two at the end of the episode. <laughs> so they clearly yeah. knew it was going to go on. But uh, that's the only thing I can guess, though, because it just seems so over. The uh, air date for Sailor Moon episode 46 was February 27th, 1993. The air date for Sailor Moon R episode 1, Sailor Moon episode 47, was March 6th, 1993. It was the next week. <laughs> literally the next week? Yes, it was literally the next week. It's Oh, wow. That is it just that is when it showed up. <laughs> oh. So surely they knew that they were going to continue. I I believe they knew the weird there's a lot of weird and kind of muddy history about like you know Takeuchi was told by somebody at Toei like oh we really want like you know some kind of like big you know magical girl property and and if you could put something together that'd be great and she was like well I was kind of thinking of like kind of a magical girl sentai thing and like there's again it's weird to parse like where her creating the manga independently begins and where like you know the tv sort of intervention and like or not even intervention but like you know, the TV interaction with her work sort of began because she was definitely going to keep doing what she was doing. And well, and R is kind of weird because as you're about to discover, it begins with an arc that exists like nowhere else in Sailor Moon that they completely made up for TV. Oh, you know, I, with, love with, I love Alan the Doom Tree. It's, it's really hard to determine. Well, let me ask this because I'm, I'm not familiar enough with the manga. Again, I've read it, but I forget it because I think more about the anime. Do they lose their memory when they beat Beryl at the end of Beryl? I believe so. It's been a long time since I've watched, or since I've read, actually, R, because it's generally my least favorite arc. Um, I mean, if you guys, like, they are literally 10 feet away from me. I can go look if we need to. I would, I would, I would, I would, I would ask you to go look, because I really don't remember. Okay, I don't I'll think my headphone cord is long enough, so let's see. Do you remember which volume it's in? Oh, God. No. Is this the new ones? Or? Yeah, these are the Kodansha ones. Oh, God, I'm not sure. Yeah, I stopped buying them before they got to that point. Really? Do you not like the uh, Kodansha reprints? Here, why don't you Kodansha reprints oh, for a second I, I grab these? Okay, so the Kodansha reprints, I was incredibly excited for them. Um, And, and so was everybody online, you know, who remembered talking about, you know, everything they got wrong in the original translation. And when they came out, you know, I bought, like, the first five or so volumes um and I've, I've flipped through a lot of others you know at friends houses and stuff and they have gotten better it's just the first few were really egregiously bad in a lot of ways and i mean i know that sounds like you know overreacting fan drama but like there were a lot of random typos even like you know brooch at some point instead of b-r-o-o-c-h was b-r-o-a-c-h jupiter's sparkling wide pressure was translated as like spark ring wide pressure there's just there's a lot of weird sloppiness there or like people will say like princess serenity hime-sama and it's like yes princess serenity princess-sama like great it was just it was a lot of They put a lot of, you know, a lot of emphasis on like, oh, we're going to like translate it. It's going to be totally authentic. But they're they're really stilted, in my opinion. They do get better as they go on. But those like first four or five volumes were just they were a little too awkward and a little too literal for me to really get into. And the original manga, I mean, granted, like 
It's got weird translations. There are edits. It's not accurate, but it's funny in a way that I think the Kodansha reprint really misses. There's just a lot of very weird wording. There's a lot of stuff that I wish they had adjusted, like, you know, directly translating Usagi, you know, tracking them on Toki and being like, oh, big brother, big brother, come see something. It's like, it's one of those things where I know technically it works, but it reads so strange. And for like, and I mean, these are just on store, like shelves in Barnes and Noble. And like, I have, a, I have a little sister who's 13 and kind of wanted to get into it. And it's like, this is going to read strangely to you because you don't know about like calling somebody big brother in Japanese. And they don't really explain to you like different usages of that term. And it's just a lot of my problems are kind of persnickety, but in a general sense, I think it's really literal and kind of stilted and like really badly edited, especially in the beginning. So I'm mad. I'm still mad about them. And like, okay. well, you know, I, I could go on for Well, first of all, I, I really wish that I would have uh, uh, read these before we watched the episodes, because apparently Sailor Venus stabs Queen Beryl with a giant fuck off sword. Whoa. Oh, my God. Right. It's amazing. It's OK. So that sword like only shows up at the very beginning of the manga, which is, you know, a source of much consternation because it's really cool. It's like it's sometimes called the Holy Sword. It's sometimes called Sword of the Silver Crystal. Um, in the manga, that's how Princess Serenity actually kills herself in like the original incarnation of the silver millennium she impales herself on the sword and it's really cool uh but i get why they didn't adapt that to the anime yeah i mean she stabs uh endymion with it too yeah and, and it's really a, cool a giant scepter version of the moon stick which is pretty great and the silver crystal opens up into a crystal flower that's fucking awesome man like i might have to revise my opinion of the manga <laughs> uh let's see that's awesome yeah, like I, oh, I wish I would have. I, I apologize, to everyone. I wish I would have kept up with this. Have a full life of joy, serenity. This time with the one you love. Let's see, she gets a new transformation sequence. Moon crystal power. They they all hug. No, I don't think they. No, they do not lose their memories. Like so, then I then they I think all it, just meet up the next day on the uh on on the way to school. Then then I then I double down on it. I'm I'm going to go out there and say obviously by the time it aired they were con they, it was a, a hit. But probably when they planned the 46 episodes, they must have been like, if it's just the 46 episodes, we're going to do a good ending. And then immediately Chibiusa falls out of the sky, right? On. <laughs> Ruins everything. For well, and you know, memory in Sailor Moon is a pretty malleable thing. I mean, like when Chibiusa shows up, everybody's just like, oh, yeah, your little sister, your, your little sister Chibiusa. Why don't you remember her? And then when she needs to leave, everybody's like, who are you talking about? Who's Chibiusa? It's, you know, it's it's something that can be switched on and off. Just like uh, Dawn. <laughs> the weird thing is that, like, oh, the the Senshi have all forgot each other, uh, and they have to find each other again. That is a that's an interesting premise for another couple episodes. That does not happen. Like, no, it's just like, oh yeah, like okay, like there's new monsters. You guys are the the Sailor Scouts, right? No, that's what that's what I'm saying. Like, it, it works best as a ending because you get you go. They were they were given this burden of being Sailor Scouts. They didn't ask for it, but they rose to the occasion. And the gift that we give to them at the end is that they get to be normal again. And and but what about the friendship they actually shared, which was which was more than just the, them fighting? Well, if they meet each other again, they can still recapture that friendship, but they're free of the responsibility and burden of Sailor Scoutdom forever. The end. They were free of that burden from February twenty seventh, nineteen ninety three, to March sixth, nineteen ninety three. Right, right. As it turns out, yes. Uh, uh, I can't wait. It's going to be great. Here's my question about the way this episode ends. The scouts have no memories of each other. Presumably they're, you know, you saw he remembers everything she learned in school that year, which is not much, I'm sure. But 
does that mean Luna, like, like when Usagi gets home, Luna's not like, oh, Usagi, I'm so glad to see you. Like, are you okay? Like, how did, yeah. like, did you defeat Queen Barrel? Because wouldn't Usagi have just been like, whoa, what the fuck? This cat can talk. Yes. Like, so, <laughs> so Luna just doesn't say anything and Artemis just doesn't say anything yeah. for like a week. Yeah. Weird. I mean, I'm pretty sure. I, I, I don't remember. Are they not? Is she not going to be weirded out by Luna next episode? I would be, I'd be willing to assume she would. It's been a couple months since I've watched it, so I do not recall. I would, th- I would think so. Now, you ready for the really crazy thing about the ending of the Dequan? Here's the way the Dequan ends. Okay. We get all this, same thing. They don't remember each other. They don't remember each other. And Artemis and Luna are talking about, it. oh, well, now they get to just be friends. Yeah, but they'll meet each other again, and they'll be friends again, and it'll be no problem. Okay, great. What about Darian, they say? And they don't use the part of where she throws the, the test. They don't, they don't show that in the Deke version. Instead, cut to the weird dream sequence from earlier, but not played as a dream sequence, of Darian waking up in a hospital going, oh, what happened? And Usagi going, I'm Usagi. I'm volunteering at this hospital. You got a real bad injury, but things are going to be okay. And he's like, oh, well, it's nice to meet you or something. Wait a second. <laughs> Is it? Isn't Darian like a six-year-old in that? No, no, no. They, yeah, they just. But then when she shows up, he turns into an adult. They just show the adult part. Okay. So they just okay. manufacture this thing about Darian wakes up in a hospital and Usagi is volunteering at the hospital, and that's how they meet. I mean, that is a much cuter, uh, a much cuter. Uh, well, first meeting. I actually than, disagree. Hey, why don't you study hard, you idiot? No, I. I first of all, I think the test stupid meeting is idiot, way cuter. Stupid hair. Way cuter. Second of all. You're going to tell me Usagi volunteers at a hospital. Usagi is very kind. Yes. You still believe, and you that believe is, she volunteers? All I will say, I will, yeah. all I will say is okay. Usagi is very kind. All right. All right. <laughs> it, it, she finds out the hospital like, gives free ice cream cones at the end of the day. Maybe she'll do it. Cookies, man. They give you cookies. <laughs> Usagi is definitely one of those people that donates blood just because she gets a bunch of Oreos afterwards. Right, right. <laughs> Yeah, I bet. Like, I bet Moon Prince's blood is. Uh, <laughs> I bet that has some heat. Like, yeah, it turns out that uh, you are blood type immortal future goddess. Uh, so we're gonna go ahead and put that in some people. Thank you. Please come back next week. Actually, we know what blood type she is. Oh, that's true. She's a Cancer. Her blood type's O. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, that's right. Is is O the is O the universal donor? Uh, yes. Oh, or is that O? Is, is it O negative? Devin, yeah. O negative is the the donor blood. Yeah, yeah O negative. I, I think, uh, in fact, Devin has O negative, and they they say to her that's the blood they give to newborn babies because they're you know so, it's super safe. So Usagi really would be the universal donor. Probably so she, that is she is so kind that her blood could be given to anyone. I like to imagine that someone somewhere gets blood that she's donated. And this is their like She Hulk style origin story. They just find like, oh, what what are these strange powers coming over me? I I feel like like love and light within me, and like I can shoot lasers out of my hands, and uh, and then they're just off having adventures somewhere else in the Sailor Moon universe. Either that, or... <laughs> and also I really want to eat everything. <laughs> See, I think I think they just get heightened friendship powers, and they just make friends with everyone they meet that day. It's like it's like those uh that the Golden Age comics where the other kids named Billy Batson say Shazam, and so they turn into weird versions. <laughs> right, of, right, uh... right. <laughs> right. That's pretty good. <sighs> so, uh, so Chris, what do you think? That's it. That's the that's the end of the first season. What did we learn from this episode, Jordan? Oh, you mean uh, in the uh, old days? Well, I will tell you. 
do do do. Are, are you going to tell us, or is Usagi going to tell us? <laughs> well, Usagi's going to tell us, but first I'm going to queue it up for her. Okay. Today started out bad for the Sailor Scouts. But I wasn't going to give up, not for one minute. Because if I gave up, then for sure Queen Beryl and the Negaforce would triumph. Always be true to what you know is right. Stay strong and healthy in mind and body. Do your very best in school. Think positively. It's the best way to turn around a bad situation. Stick by your friends, especially when they're doing what's right. Just like they stick by you. Who knows what you can accomplish? Sailor Moon says. <laughs> okay, a lot of problems with that. <laughs> Yeah, and another one that you don't even know, uh, but you tell me yours all, first. I think today started out bad was putting it very mildly. Because <laughs> <laughs> they all died? Well, not to her, not to that version. You know, she's an optimist, and uh, and, and she's going to look on the bright side, no matter what, no matter how irrational. Okay, second, she was totally ready to give up. <laughs> yep. She, she was totally ready to give up multiple times. Here's a really weird part that you want you wouldn't know well, because you didn't see. Uh, it. I'm trying to think of how like sunnily I can I can twist all of these. I got nothing. She was absolutely about to uh, yeah, give up multiple gonna. times. Yeah, so, so yeah. You, but I guess it, what's important is that you stay in school. Now, exactly, you, and you think positively. <laughs> thank you, uh, thank you, Minako. So here's so here's the thing that you don't even realize uh, is weird about that though. You know how uh, multiple times in the in the Sun Moon says other scouts will talk. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, not always, but a lot of times when they do that, they are lining it up with a random shot of the scouts talking. So okay. if, if Sailor Mars says something, a lot of times it's because they've cut together in the clip package a, a, an image of Sailor Ma- Mars with her mouth moving. And so they'll throw in Sailor Mars talking. In this one, they do that. They have the Sailor Scouts lined up perfectly with each of them talking, except none of the right voices. Okay. They show, <laughs> they show Sailor, I think... Was it? I think they show Mars talking, but over Venus's voice, and Jupiter or Mars talking over uh, Jupiter's voice with Jupiter's face. Mercury over uh, everybody's wrong. All four of them are wrong. Very specifically, they show each face talking, and they show a, you hear a different person talking. It's very weird. Oh boy! Well, what a what a what a weird moral. Uh, what did we learn from this episode? Uh, it's time for Sailor Businesses, and we've got two episodes worth of life lessons to take away from this. Juliet, what did you learn? I learned that... Okay, come come back to me. I need some time to think. <laughs> okay. Jordan, what did you learn? Oh, man. What did I learn? Well, you know, I learned... I don't know what I learned either. Surely one of you had to learn something. <laughs> Chris, what did you learn? <laughs> you know what I learned? I learned that roses are more uh, conductive of electricity than any of us might have imagined. <laughs> That's science. Electros. Yes. That up. The electros. <laughs> the electros is pretty powerful. I learned that that sometimes someone can love you very much, but that is not going to stop him from getting stabbed in the back with crystals multiple times. <laughs> or from being brainwashed and making out with someone else's hand and hopefully just standing in the corner looking pretty. Ooh, 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 I learned two things. Oh, okay. First of all... A second ago, you would learn nothing. Yeah, and then I remembered two things I learned. First of all, I learned that you cannot logic someone into not dying by saying, but you promised, and that would make you a liar. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't work. Uh, And second of all, I learned that Queen Serenity, all she had to do was go, oh, wait, and I get reborn too, and she would be alive right now too. (laughs) That was all it took. We learned we learned not to lie, lest uh, King Enma tear out our tongues in hell. Very true. Exactly. Uh, and that does it. Like again, like I like I, I do like these episodes. Uh, talking about them as a whole, I think the second one 
I like a little better because it is, you know, purely for my own taste, it does have that really good action scene. Like, I love, I love the way that they get Queen Barrel. I love the scouts showing up and putting their hands on Yusagi's arms and channeling all their friendship and the, the importance. I love that. That's so great. Like, and everything, like, you know, lend me your strength. Like, yes, I love it all the time, all the time. And even though I like the scouts better than I like uh, Tuxedo Mask, the the fact that they at least have room to let that plot breathe a little more than just kind of rapid firing, like, oh, what does is, what is Makoto do? She likes the arcade guy? Fine, throw him in there, throw him in there. Uh, like, I do think it works a little bit better. Uh, I think it's I think it's a very good season finale, even though I prefer a different type of episode. So that's I mean, I, I don't think we are not having the hey, can you skip this one argument for, <laughs> for the last episode of Sailor Moon. No, yeah. Uh, no. But yeah, you you definitely have to watch this one. But I, I do prefer the the second half to the first. Uh, Julia, how do you feel about it? Um, I agree. I, I prefer the second half to the first. Um, I like it. It's hard to separate my like genuine appreciation of it as an episode from my intense nostalgia. But uh, but I do really like it, and I think it's a really strong moment in the series overall. I agree that the end sequence is like the best sequence. Again, maybe in the whole series of of the scouts and and, and Sailor Moon defeating. But I still I still like the previous episode overall a little bit more. Uh, I just really like the previous episode, <laughs> um, which is fine. You know, everybody likes different things. Oh, yeah. uh, I mean, look, it's it, you're going to have to watch it anyway. It's oh, pretty yeah. good. I, I forgot to mention also, I'm not doing a cover of this other song. At the end of this, uh, they also have another of the uh, Sailor Moon soundtrack songs. If you have the old Sailor Moon soundtrack, when they wake up and everything's new, uh, the song A New Day uh, it's a new day, I think it's called. It plays. Not that great of a song, but it's fine. It's fine, and it's nice that the whole soundtrack is so cheesy and wonderful that I recommend it. But I'm not covering that one. I'm going to try to cover Carry On. Hopefully, you'll hear it in a moment. Okay. This has been a a fun time, and we're done with Sailor Moon, guys. We're we're done. We're 46 <laughs> episodes in. Uh, yes. Uh, we will. But we still have 50, uh, 154 to go. Eh, yeah, something like that. Something like that. Time is t- is ticking. The countdown has begun for when Rini shows up and ruins the show. <laughs> no, but like I like I think if you enjoy the Silver Crystal episodes, like the Rainbow Crystal episodes, you are going to really enjoy uh, the Doomtree saga, the Alan and Anne episodes. Love it, oh, yeah. Juliet. Before we let you go, where can we find you online? Uh, I can be found as Pernet, P-R-Y-N-N-E-T-T-E on Twitter, Tumblr, whole bunch of places I'm forgetting, or you can just Google my name and find me wherever I can be found. You can find me on Twitter at Crackshot with a zero for an O. You can find our terrific production person who does the edits uh, at JJ underscore Mason on Twitter. And, and you can also find links through that to his other podcast, The Morphin Grid. How about you, Chris? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at the ISB or at the ISB.tumblr.com. That's where I post the uh, the screenshots that I take of each episode. We've got uh, I got a whole bunch of them for, for these two, as you might expect. Oh, good. And of course, uh, if you like uh, me and Jordan, you can go get X-Men 92. It's out on uh, Comixology and in your local comic book store. I co-wrote that with Chad Bowers. It was drawn by Scott Koblish. Uh, colored by Matt Miller, lettered by Travis Lanham, and edited by Jordan. Hey. So that is a fun thing to check out. And there's going to be an Easter egg in there if you like Sailor Moon. <laughs> so make sure to make sure to pick up those last couple issues. Thank 
thank you all for listening. We will be back next week with the start of Sailor Moon R. What? Sailor Moon Returns. Sailor Moon Romance. Until then, keep your mind on Sailor Business. Here I'm standing in the night. My crescent wand, the only light. Alone against my darkest fear, but I sense my friends are near. I'll draw from each the power I need. The evil queen we will defeat. Give me the strength to carry on. With all our love, we can't go wrong. We face the fight Nothing can stand against our might Cheer you up, and you say my hair looks like meatballs? It's a new-